Hello, everybody, and welcome to the College Gridiron Show. Got a little different setup this week. I am Jimmy Sullivan. I'm the only one here at WFUV uh, in the studio right now. But we have our usual people. We've got Mir Gori and Matt Costantini. They're both on the phone. They're not here, but they're they're here for all intents and purposes. So, guys, uh, thank you for coming on. This is uh, this means a lot, especially over break. Well, thanks for uh, a hosting, Jimmy. This is great. You've been uh, you know, yeah, the floor for us. Hey, I'm yeah. just I'm look I'm just doing the best I can and yeah it was a it was a crime of opportunity let's just put it that way. I miss Jimmy you coming in the clutch. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so uh, no time to waste. Let's get right into it. I know you guys are talking. I was just talking to Matt a couple minutes ago about this. Several players have sat out bowl games. Josh Rosen had a concussion. We can get more into that later. Derwin James sat out his bowl game against Southern Miss for Florida State. So. Guys, and, and Mir, I'll start with you. Uh, what What's your opinion of, of some of these guys deciding to uh, sit out their bowl games? I'm totally fine with it because they're not playing in any major bowls. And this is a, yet a reminder that the bowl system kind of got destroyed when they created the playoff uh, structure. So I think that what, what should start happening is that they use bowl games as um you know like an expanded version of the tournament so as they're gonna because obviously they will expand the tournament to eight teams in the next couple of years i feel um and then slowly i think over time we'll see maybe less and less players um sitting out for injury and i will i i think that that'll happen because the playoff uh, system will expand as well as, you know, the regular season will be diminished. So, you know, there will always be 13 or 14 games that teams play, but maybe, you know, instead of consistently seeing those Alabama versus, or sorry, Clemson versus Mercer or Alabama versus the Citadel won't exist anymore, which, to be honest with you, I think everybody can't wait for that. Because other than those random games like Appalachian State versus Michigan, there haven't been really that many, you know, really entertaining games that were between FCS teams and and the Power Five teams. So I think that that it's just a, the reason of the playoffs that that's going to start happening, and, and, and I think that just it's not really worth having. And I think that the players are fine in in, in skipping these bowl games because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Look at Derwin James. I mean, Jimbo Fisher is gone. I mean, what does it what does it matter to him? Matt, see, I have two. There's kind of two schools of thought about this. One, it's it's a business decision for them at the end of the day. The guys that sit out of the bowl games, I mean, you talked about this year, Derwin James sat out. Last year you saw Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey sit out games. So the guys that are sitting out are planning on their NFL future, and they don't want to risk it by playing in a bowl game that they think is meaningless. But then the other side, and the side that I fall on, is that they're essentially telling their teammates and their brothers that everything that they have gone through together just doesn't matter anymore because they're not playing in a game that matters to them. I mean, you're looking at it and I don't think that's true, Matt. I don't I don't I'm sorry. I, you really think I that do. because they're not playing in a bowl game it like everything that they've done doesn't matter? I mean, they're essentially not playing the last game with each other. Why why is this game any different than a regular season game? Why was this especially in Derwin James's case when his season was over long ago, why didn't he just say, you know what, I'm just gonna skip the rest of the season? Why did he decide to sit out this one last game? 
Because we see a lot of players that play their final bowl game, and then the majority of them, just as, as if we look at history, end up becoming salesmen or doing other things. Not many of them go to the NFL. I mean, it's, it's the 1% and usually less than the 1% that actually go to the NFL. And for those that go to the NFL that have potential to be, you know, God knows what, end up becoming maybe the Willis McGahee story or Jake Butt, you know, and those are, those are really, you know, demoralizing stories, you know, as well as the Notre Dame linebacker. I think it's Jalen something. I'm forgetting. Yeah, Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah, he had a fantastic season this year for the Cowboys. But for a year, basically, he couldn't feel his knee. I mean, those are, those are terrifying kind of situations. And you can't tell me that Marshawn Lattimore, granted this was during the regular season, that Marshawn Lattimore would have, would have given up two years of college to actually... No, no, no. Trust me. Trust you me. Know? I, I get it. I, I get it's a business decision, and these guys are doing what's best for themselves and for their families and for their futures. But so then how that, can you say that that doesn't matter then when they, when they, when they quote-unquote bail? Well, because it is. I mean, they, they made a commitment to their team, and I know people bring up the argument that, hey, coaches leave all the time, and, and they, don't, they don't do anything for their players. But I think it's different because... These players are signed up to play football for their schools and for their teammates, and then they just decide that one meaningless game isn't worth the rest of their future, which I, I guess I understand that. But I think it says more about character concerns, uh, honestly. See, this is, this is what I think, okay? So you obviously have players sitting out bowl games. I remember Christian McCaffrey did it last year, and there was somebody else who I don't remember, but you had Derwin James. I know James. Fournette did it. Leonard Fournette, that was it. So you've had these guys sitting out bowl games. Really, over the last year or two, that's become more of a thing. I would have a problem with it if you didn't have coaches jumping ship to not coach bowl games, right? So you have a scenarios where coaches get hired in other places and you wind up with the defensive coordinator coaching the bowl game, right? When it's Especially when it's usually these lesser schools. To say nothing of the right. fact that the coach is getting paid to not coach the bowl game and the player is not getting paid to play in the bowl game, which is an entirely different discussion. But right. there's if you're going to talk about loyalty and signing up for the program, we should look at the coaches. I mean, you had coaches last year, you had coaches this year who got hired in other places and immediately jumped ship and decided not to coach their bowl games. So I don't see where it's different from what the players are doing. College football is a business just like the NFL. Exactly. The difference is is that the players are even less compensated than in the NFL and in college. Like, in college, they, they don't get any money. In the NFL, they get unguaranteed money, which is also unfair. Correct. And so because of that, you know, you have to consider it as a business. And yes, Matt, you're right. These are brothers. They play together, but they didn't sign up to play for their schools. They signed up to play for a corporation, a brand, a brand that says, what we do is we give you exposure. And because you have this exposure, you can go on to the professional leagues. And you don't get paid. You get paid in exposure. And, I mean, that's, 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 that's an honest thing. Take, for example, WFUV, right? Not everybody at WFUV that works with students are paid, right? It's mm-hmm. fine because yep. we all earn our stripes. The, the, way we, the reason why we continue to do it, though, is because it gives us exposure and it gives us a platform. So I think that it's totally fine that, that, that the players bail I also don't think it's exactly bailing. It's just they're making a decision for their families. And for those fellow teammates that can't understand that, well, you know what? Tough rocks. 
You know, like, what's, what's their problem? Because I'm sure that 99% of those same people that criticize their teammates for, for skipping out on that one game, they would do the same thing. Okay, that's that's see, that's kind of what I think too. And it's at the end of the day, if you're good enough to be taken in the first round, it's a business decision. You were talking about Jalen Smith and Jake Butt, guys like that getting hurt in their bowl games. I mean, the the risk of that is so immense that I just don't, I don't know if it's worth it. Now, I, I mean, you know, yeah. go ahead, man. I, mean, I, I was talking to my dad about this the other day about this exact topic, and we were thinking about ways that the schools can kind of protect their players, whether it's giving them an insurance policy and their scholarship, letting them have health insurance, which I I don't know if they do now or, or anything about that. But you were talking about Jake, Butt. I know he took out an insurance policy on him during last year's draft for like every round he fell, he got a certain amount of money and, and that's smart for him because he did end up getting hurt. But that's something that a school should work out with its athletes. It's, we want you to play for us, but we also going to take care of you but what's in that case anything that? does happen. But, Matt, what that also means is the universities have to pay money, and they're not going to want to do that. Because, again, oh, it goes well, back to the point that's that a bigger problem. Business. It, well, it goes back to the business. It also goes to the point of the socioeconomic levels of the United States. You know, how many of these players actually need to play, and it's their hope of making significant amount of money based off of where they come from. A lot of these, these students that go on to play in college football and become very successful student-athletes don't come from backgrounds that have either the education level nor the financial level to, to get insurance policies. Because the important exactly. the thing that people don't understand is that when you have to get an insurance policy, you still have to pay for that insurance, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what if these kids not only cannot afford to have enough food while they're in college playing college football, Imagine asking them to pay an insurance policy for the the event, the possibility of them getting hurt. Chances well, see, are they're going to usually roll the dice. That's why I'm saying put it in their scholarship now. I mean, the, their scholarship gives them their free education. It gives them a, a stipend for for playing. And, and if you give them health insurance now, it's not something that they're going to have to pay for. It's something that's mm-hmm. included. But you go back to the fact that it's a corporation. You know, you would think that that's the nice thing to do. But universities don't care. Universities well, care about, about the brand. I mean, they they give their coaching staff health insurance. It's part of their. It's. I mean, I'm sure they do. So right, why not? Because they, they also pay. But that's also because they pay their their coaches. They don't pay their players. Yeah, this is a discussion that, frankly, we could be having for hours, and I, I this really could be its own show. this could be its own show. Unfortunately, though, we can't do that this week because four days from now, the college football playoffs starting. I know where I'll be for that. Um, we'll start with the playoff games. We'll branch out into the New York Six. I wanted to make sure we got to the playoffs. So do you guys want to start with the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl? It's up to you guys. I, I feel like we are scared to talk about the Rose Bowl, honestly. So we'll Absolutely. start with Alabama-Clemson. Okay. So what are your guys' <laughs> thoughts? Uh, <laughs> Matt, I'll start with you on this one. Alabama-Clemson, you could pick a winner. You could just give general thoughts, whatever you want to do. What are you thinking heading into the third straight year that these two teams are playing? I might end up doing that. I'm so glad you said the third straight year because I think it's such a shame that this fantastic trilogy of games has to end in the semifinal this year instead of one of these teams raising the national championship trophy. Um, this is a really interesting game to me. I feel I, I know I said it all year long that I thought Alabama has been the best team in college football, but I know we talked about it many times on the show. They kind of seem like they've been missing something 
that they've had in the past, and whether that's that hard-nosed defense that everyone knows of them for, whether it's the offensive firepower that they've come to be known for. But I'm not sure if they'll be able to come out on top. And I know I've been banging Clemson's drum all year about how good their defensive front seven is, and I still believe that. And I think I might end up going with Clemson in this game just based off of how good their defense has played. And I think Kelly Bryant has made some really, really good strides in his level of play down the stretch for this Clemson team. Yeah, I think I'm actually totally fine with the fact that the trilogy happens in the semifinal because, in my opinion, I don't really think that either team is going to be the national championship winner. I think it always happens every year when people say, oh, this team is just obviously going to win, and they make it such an obvious thing that that doesn't necessarily happen. Sometimes things have to go perfectly in order for that to happen. We've seen that with the Golden State Warriors when they had that amazing regular season. We've seen that just this year with the Patriots when they were supposed to go undefeated and they didn't. And just like this year with Alabama, it was like such a shoe-in that Alabama's going to be so fantastic. And then they, they, they didn't. They got destroyed by Auburn. The reason why I'm going to go with Clemson is not because of their defense. It's not because of their offense, but it's because of the injuries that have happened to Alabama. The reason why Alabama has been so successful for so many years is not just the fact that they've always been healthy. They've had injuries in the past. But the thing is that they had an incredible amount of talent constantly at their disposal, waiting in the wings, sophomores, freshmen, juniors maybe that are still on the bench, waiting to get a, a, a just you know game, game time, right? Well, the thing is, is that the important thing to understand is talent comes and goes. You know, like sometimes a state produces a significant amount of talent, and some years it doesn't. We see that even in countries. We see that in the Olympics. We see that in all different facets. You know, it's, it's just a kind of an understood fact that, you know, some places don't always have the best talent that they normally would have. I mean, it's, it's, it's nature. It's human nature. And I think for that fact alone, I think that these injuries are exposing that. A, a great player that Alabama got this year was not Najee Harris, because Najee Harris hasn't made a big impact as a running back. But the player was Dylan Moses. Dylan Moses has been a kind of like a, a prophetic player, basically, for football since he was 14. But the thing is, nobody realizes that since he was 15, he hasn't grown a single inch, and he's only put on 30 pounds. And he was originally supposed to be a, line, a, a running back and then turned into a linebacker. The problem is that he's actually gotten hurt. He got hurt in the Auburn game, and since then he's been moving kind of funky. And this year, and this week they ruled him out for the, basically the rest of the season because I feel like Alabama's going to lose. I, do, I think Alabama is going to lose not just because of the lack of talent that they have, but also because of the injuries. Now, the problem with Clemson is that they don't have a, they have a very good front seven because with my experiences of knowing Brent Venables as the defense coordinator of Oklahoma in the past, it's always great at building up a good front seven. But if Alabama can figure out some, a way to get Calvin Ridley down the field, I think they give themselves a chance because Clemson's secondary is not that good and it hasn't really ever been that good under Venables because Venables has never been a great like defensive coach in regards to the secondary. He builds through his front seven. So I think Clemson's going to win this. But if Alabama tries to, to, to push it down the field, I think it gives itself some opportunities to maybe steal this one. But at best, it's going to be close. That's all. Okay. But I think it could be a blowout. Okay, so... I have the number in front of me right now. We'll play a quick little game. Both of you get one shot at this. What is the betting line for the Sugar Bowl? Like, who's favored and by how much? I think it's Alabama plus three, right? Or minus three? It's Alabama minus two and a half. 
which oh, wow. yeah, is that. surprising. It was minus three actually last week, and some money's coming on Clemson. But um, I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, I think, really? yeah, I I think I heard something where it was they lost a combined 41 starts due to injury and 39 of them will be back for the Sugar Bowl or something like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they're getting a lot of guys back. I think the key matchup for me in this one is going to be Minka Fitzpatrick against Deion Kane because that's going to be that's going to be a tremendous matchup. I think it'll be a low scoring game, probably dominated by each defensive front seven, I think. Uh, Alabama. Yeah, I, I'm expecting that. Yeah, it's gonna be low. It's gonna be a great game. It really is. Um, but Alabama was banged up at the end of the year. They were running on fumes. You could even see it when they played Mississippi State or even LSU. They just were not the Alabama that we were used to. Um, and that Alabama that we were used to, I think, is going to be mostly back for this one. And it's gonna be enough so that. I think they're. I think they're going to beat Clemson. It's going. It's going to be a great game. It's going to come down to the wire. I think. Um, I have some questions about Kelly Bryant, who, despite the fact that he's been really good. Jalen Hurts has the experience. Kelly Bryant doesn't. That's going to factor into. I. Th- I'll go Alabama. Let's go twenty-four twenty-one. It's going to be. It's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward. Okay, to it. I can see that. All right. So the next one, uh, Mir. I'm sorry in advance, but we got to do this. Um, All right. <laughs> Rose Bowl. Georgia, Oklahoma. Uh, Mir, you are the Oklahoma resident Oklahoma fan on our staff. The floor is yours. What are your thoughts on this one? Okay, so there's been news of Baker Mayfield. There's been news of Rodney Anderson. Rodney Anderson's going to play in the next game, just so we're clear. Yeah, Yeah, the the, the charges were completely dropped. It was apparently uh, very much of a uh, just uh, erroneous, you Fabrication, know, yeah. And, uh, yes, exactly. And 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 you know, my 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 thoughts on it are just the fact that Baker's been in the news because he's not going to go to the trip, uh, the Disney trip. I actually am okay with that. Um, I think it allows him to focus more on the game because, for all intents and purposes, this is Baker's peak of his entire football career and will be. Because in my opinion, even if he be he reaches his maximum potential in the NFL. Baker Mayfield will not be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield will not be a superstar quarterback. I think he can be a star at best. I think he can be pretty good. But I think that for him to be really the top of the top in the NFL is virtually impossible. So for him, this is his biggest moment in his life. And, and the moment where no one will even question his greatness because everyone knows he's so above and beyond better than every single quarterback in college football right now. I don't think there's anybody who would take him up, take anybody else over him for this game or for all the playoffs if, if you, you advances. I think the important thing to understand this game is the fact that Baker is prepared and the fact that Georgia is new to this. Georgia hasn't been in a national championship game since the 80s against Notre Dame, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and one of the years with Herschel Walker, yeah. Right. So another legendary player. Georgia doesn't have a legendary leader or player. They have a bunch of really good freshmen and sophomores. And they have a coach who's only been coaching for two years as a head coach in Kirby Smart. So I think it'll be the inexperience and the crunch time play that will be the critical, that'll define the, the, the game. I'm looking for Georgia to take an early lead. And if Georgia takes the early lead, they lose. If Oklahoma takes the early lead, then Oklahoma loses. So the team that takes the early lead 
will lose, either because, let's say Oklahoma takes the early lead. What they'll do is Oklahoma always takes an early lead and then gets sloppy, and then they will lose that game. Georgia could take the early lead, but because of their inexperience, will not be able to make the critical plays in crunch time that Oklahoma has been able to do. So it's, it's going to come to that. It's either Oklahoma falls for its bad habits or Georgia's inexperience will be their downfall. It's one of the two. So who are you picking? I'm going to go with Georgia on this one, unfortunately. Okay. All right, Matt? I think that's just because you're scared to, to jinx your team and you really hope it goes the other way, right? I don't know. That's my response. I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know. I think that this is going to be the better better playoff game out of the two, honestly. between I, I know that Alabama Clemson has given us some fantastic games these last two years, but I really think that this Oklahoma-Georgia game will be better. Um, it's basically strength on strength. Oklahoma's offense is one of the best in the country. Georgia's defense is one of the best in the country. I think Kirby Smart is a defensive genius, and he's going to have that defense ready to roll against Baker Mayfield and that Oklahoma offense. Um I think the downfall for Georgia in this game is going to be that Jake Fromm simply isn't ready for the big stage yet. I mean, being a true freshman and starting in a national semi-playoff game isn't an easy task. I mean, I know Jalen Hurts did it last year, and he did very well, but unfortunately he came up short. But it's a different animal from playing in an SEC championship game because it's such a bigger and brighter stage. And I think that Baker Mayfield will step up to that challenge because that's just who he is. He's a guy who embraces the challenge. He wants the lights on him. And we've seen him time and again perform better when the lights are on him. So I'm going with Oklahoma in this game. All right, I, I think this is going to be a good game as well. Maybe not quite as good as Alabama-Clemson, but um, for – Georgia, their whole game plan is going to be run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then throw the ball to complement that. So you're not building your whole plan around Jake Fromm, basically. So basically they don't want him to make mistakes. They want him to play the way he did in the SEC title game. If they get that, they'll be thrilled. Um, I think Georgia's going to play well in this game. I really do. The one difference, and this is low-hanging fruit, Georgia does not have the Heisman Trophy winner, and Oklahoma does. <laughs> it's 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 an even game. It really is. I, I would even say top to bottom maybe that Georgia's a tick better, but I, I just have a hard time, especially when the margins are this close, going against Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield played in the playoffs two years ago, too. And it he, goes to the point of the inexperience right, of Georgia, right? Right, I mean. Yeah, and um, I'm not as worried about it because Kirby Smart was at Alabama, so I think that experience is going to help him, but... I like Oklahoma in this one, especially, too, because Rodney Anderson's going to play. That helps them a lot. Um, so I'll go Oklahoma. He has, he has the most rushing yards for any player since in the, in the last, I think, since he's, he took the starting job for Oklahoma, I think, in the last nine games. He yeah. has the most rushing yards of all power five running backs. Yes. Yeah. And he was only yeah, he only got beaten out by guys like Saquon Barkley and others because they started the season better. But I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. So um just quickly we've got about oh six and a half minutes here. Sort of whip around all the New Year's six games. Start uh with the cotton bowl. We'll just get sort of quick picks. We'll start with Matt and then we'll go to Mir and then we'll go that way. Uh USC Ohio State looks like a really good game. Matt, who do you like in that one? Uh, this game is really important for Sam Darnold to show that he wants to be the number one overall pick, even though I don't think it should come out. Ohio State wants to prove they should have been that fourth team. I'm going to go with Ohio State. Mir? 
I'm going with Ohio State as well. JT Bear wants to go out on top. And I don't think Ohio State's going to be very up for this one, so I'm going to take USC. All right, uh, Fiesta Bowl, we've got Penn State, Washington. Matt, who do you like in that one? I'm going to go with Penn State, honestly. I think Saquon Barkley is going to ball out. Tracy Sorley is going to do his thing. And I just don't think Washington's that good, honestly. Mir? I don't think Washington is that good at all. I mean, I think they're honestly, they're, they, they epitomize how terrible the Pac-12 is, to be honest with you. However, as I told you guys, when, when Penn State had seven minutes left and they had a 10-point lead against Ohio State, Franklin lost his entire team and should have seen how, how horrified Barkley was by the play calling as well as the starting quarterback for Penn State. I think, I think Washington wins this because, as I know from personal experience, Washington's head coach, who was the ex-coach of Boise State, knows how to pull the upset. So I'm going with Washington on a nail-biter. I haven't been thrilled with Washington all year. Their defense may or may not keep them in this one, but I just think Penn State is too much talent. I'll take the Nittany Lions. Orange Bowl, you guys know I like this one. Wisconsin-Miami. Matt, who do you like? Yeah, you're you're probably a little scared for this one, huh? <laughs> a little? Uh, I don't. I don't think Miami's that good. Uh, they they really fizzled out at the end of the year, and they didn't play as well as they should have been, or at, at the level they've been playing at all season. Um, I liked how Wisconsin fought against Ohio State, so that proves that they're up to any challenge. So I'm going to go with the Badgers here. Yes, I'm going with Wisconsin because it's their coming out party for 2018. I think Wisconsin's going to be a really scary team next year. I, I think that the starting quarterback for Wisconsin is going to be better. I mean, Hornybrook has, been, has struggled a bit. We saw those, that, that game against Ohio State. But at the same time, he is, I think, if I remember correctly, a sophomore. So yes. he's only going to get better, as well as maybe some potential help for Wisconsin. You know, I know that the running back situation has been a little bit banged up a bit. So I think that that could help. Also, Miami's defense is great at picking up those turnovers. And what Wisconsin is great at is running the ball. So what, they, what Wisconsin should do is just run it, run it, run it, and not throw it much, and they'll win. So here's what I'm thinking about this game. Uh, Wisconsin, Alex Hornibrook's got to avoid the big mistake. He did it against Ohio State, and they stayed in the game just because their defense played pretty well. But he's, he's thrown some bad bad interceptions this year. He needs to not do that against Miami, especially considering that Miami's pretty much at home. I mean, it's a home game for Miami. It's in their stadium. Yeah, really. It's going to be with their fans. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a home game for Miami. So once they get the chain out, the swag starts coming, and the fans get crazy. Yeah, um, you saw Jimmy, Notre Yeah, exactly. Um, Jimmy starts crying. No, no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um Miami's been reeling. They haven't looked good since they played Notre Dame. Wisconsin was 40 yards away from playing Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, really, if you think about it. Um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I'm going to go with Wisconsin, even though I shouldn't. Um, I like for you. you should, Jimmy. You yeah, should, Jimmy. Jonathan Taylor, I, I don't trust. Uh, frankly, I don't trust either quarterback. Uh, I, I don't, but um, I think Wisconsin's defense is maybe a tad better, and Wisconsin can run the ball better, too. So I'll go with them in a uh, low-scoring, maybe not too aesthetically pleasing game. And then the final one we've got, we've got the Peach Bowl, UCF-Auburn. Mir, we'll go with you first. Who do you, who do you like? I'm a little nervous for Auburn. I don't know how if Cam Petway is going to play. If he plays, they're going to absolutely destroy UCF. If not, I think UCF is going to make Scott Frost like a legend in Florida. 
as like, hey, a guy's doing two full-time jobs. I don't know if you guys saw the ESPN yeah. article that yeah. came out yesterday, but oh yeah, Ross has been doing a heck of a job recruiting for Nebraska while at the same time showing his loyalty to UCF. I'm rooting for UCF on this one. I think they're going to win because I think Cam Petway is going to the NFL, so he's not going to play this Auburn game. Um, one, because maybe he might preserve himself, but most importantly because his shoulder is really messed up. Yeah. I, and I'm sure the Georgia game didn't make it any better from how it looked against Alabama. So I'm going to go with UCF on this one. Matt? Yeah, you were talking about how bad Petway looked in against Georgia and Alabama. He suffered a lot of damage in both those games, so I don't think he's going to be anywhere near 100% or even, even maybe even 75%. But I'm with you, Mir. I want to see UCF win this game and send Scott Frost out as the really good coach that he is. And I think that these players are going to be at a different level for him. They want to win this game for him. So I want to see UCF pull and, it out. And another thing just to remind, to just tie back into what we said earlier, Scott Frost is a loyal coach. He, he, he yeah. stuck with his players. Even though he's leaving – he, he finished the bowl game. So yeah. as we talked about how coaches jump ship earlier in the pod and players can skip out on bowls. I like the fact that Scott Frost stayed there for just this game yeah. because I, he's not risking injury. Yeah, because you know? I, yeah, I, yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, what the heck? I'll go with UCF too. I like their offense. Mackenzie Milton's having a really good year. Scott Frost is going to be there. They're going to want him to go off on a high note. So, yeah, I'll take UCF, and that game is – on New Year's Day, that's the one before the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. So, guys, happy holidays, happy New Year's. Thanks for calling in. For my partners, Mir Gori and Matt Costantini, I am Jimmy Sullivan. So long. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for listening.